I just want to read from the Gospel of St. John. The next day, as John stood there with two of his disciples, Jesus went past, and John looked towards him and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned round, saw them following, and said, What do you want? They answered, Rabbi, which means teacher, where do you live? He replied, Come and see. So they went, and they saw where he lived, and stayed with him that day. So we just pray for that grace to see Jesus as the centre of our seeking. To see the person of Jesus as the purpose of this time together. And we ask you, Jesus, to bring us home to you so that we may be truly at home with you and with ourselves. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. So one of the things that you see in the Bible uh, are the questions that God asks. And one of the very first questions that we have is in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve were hiding from God. And there's that lovely image of God walking in the garden in the cool of the evening, and he's calling out to Adam and Eve, where are you? And there is something in human nature that tends to hide from God. There is something in us that is maybe afraid to come completely into the open of God's presence, uh, maybe because we don't fully understand who he is or what he's about or what God might actually do to us. And that was certainly the fear of Adam and Eve, that they had this, this sense of guilt, that they felt they couldn't stand in the presence of God. But the question reveals what's in the heart of God for all of us. It is, where are you? You know, come out from hiding. Uh, come and be in my presence and, and let me show myself to you. 
so that's maybe it's a good question to have within us like where are you now uh, in relation to God maybe where are you also in relation to yourself you know the two questions are often very closely associated uh, in the first book of Kings chapter 19 there's this wonderful experience of Elijah uh, on the mountain and there's this great drama of earthquake and wind and fire and we're told that God was not in any of these dramatic things but where God revealed himself to Elijah was we, we often hear it said as the still small voice but apparently the best translation of it is God was in sheer silence. And it was in the sheer silence that Elijah recognised the presence of God. And I suppose that's, it's a difficult thing to come by in life, especially when you're busy and you've, you know, you've children, you've work, you've everything. But I think to capture, I think it can even, even, Five seconds of silence can open the soul to God in a very profound way, uh, can open us to the experience of God. But in that silence, then God also asks the question of, of Elijah, what are you doing here? And I suppose it's like the question I asked at the beginning, that you expressed why you're here, what brought you here. Um, so to be, be clarifying that with yourself as well uh, as you go along through this process. What are you doing here? Why are you here? Why do you continue with this? And one thing that's really important about the whole experience of what will take place over the next number of months, while it is a Catholic Christian community venture, it is also very, very personal. Uh, there is something very personal that's going on in this between you and God uh, that nobody else will know anything about. But it's, it's just in here, in your heart, that God is leading you, is leading each one of us uh, to himself. Uh, and I suppose one of the things that he uses to bring us to himself, he uses the circumstances of our lives. You know, if your child goes to school in Sacred Heart, God can use that to draw you to himself. And I've seen this. It's one of the things that has astonished me in the last two years is the number of children who have brought their parents to God. It's really been amazing. I, like, I know somebody who two years ago would have professed to be an atheist but because her son, who was never baptised, he was eight years old, he got this notion that he wanted to learn about God. And he turned up here with his dad, who was also an atheist, but turned up here every Saturday night and gradually drew his family with him. And so it's often, you know, this is one of the prophecies, I think it's in Isaiah says that it's, it's the little child who leads us and of course the birth of Jesus is the great expression of that that it is the child Jesus becoming one of us 
that that leads us you know and he he leads us in a way that understands how we are and who we are uh, in a given moment but the other thing that's important in being led to god is he leads us by our desires so it's important on the journey kind to be aware of what you desire within yourself at all sorts of levels to be able to recognize what it is that you desire and to let god take that desire and use that desire to draw you to himself now there there is there are the obvious good desires we we desire happiness we desire well-being we desire peace we desire love and these are the easy ones by which god will draw us but very often and not just very often i think he always seeks to draw us by the other desires that are not so wholesome or that seem not to be so wholesome uh, because every desire saint john of the cross one of the great mystics uh, of the catholic tradition um who experienced god god's love in a, in a most fabulous kind of way but one of the things he recognized and it's a great source of encouragement he says that at the heart of every human desire there is the seed of a pure desire for god so that even desires that might lead us astray hold within them the seed of a desire for god and so it's very important in the presence of god not to fear what we might think are are more negative desires or even ones that that might be unpleasant uh, but to to kind of somehow give them over to god and and allow god to draw us by them and one of the things that i've become convinced of is addiction addiction expresses our deepest desire for god but it's 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 so deep that we don't know what to do with it and we end up doing what we shouldn't do or what's not life-giving and i suppose there are the obvious layering addictions uh, that we see in life um but there are subtle addictions as well that go on in all of us uh, things that we are fixed upon that we can't let go of um so so to see to recognize the desires going on within ourselves um and to be able to say that to god one of the things about god is that we can be absolutely ourselves with him that there is no need to sort of veil anything there's no need to pretend anything because you can't pretend anyway because god knows everything but the importance of expressing what it is we feel in the presence of god is really really important um so so that th- these things are an important part and the other thing i would say is that god who is doing this within you now he has been leading you it's god who has been leading you all along and moses says a lovely thing in the book of deuteronomy uh, chapter 1 he says god has been carrying you all along the way that you have traveled until you arrived at this place as if he uses the image of a father carrying his child across the desert and that god has been carrying us
until we have arrived at this place. And, and that's, that's a very tender sense. And again, it is you and God together. The other thing that, that he, he says in Jeremiah uh, chapter, the prophet Jeremiah chapter 31, he speaks about what he calls the covenant, the, the, the relationship that he establishes with his people. And he says, he says a lovely thing. He says, in this relationship, in this covenant, it will, it will be unnecessary, it will not be necessary for neighbour to say to neighbour, learn to know the Lord. He says, they will all know me from the least to the great because I have written my law, I have written my word within their heart. And so that's given to all of us, that God himself is inscribing his own identity on all of our hearts. Um, I don't know if any of you saw the documentary of the celebrities who went on pilgrimage to Rome on BBC. It was on during the year. So they were doing this walking pilgrimage to Rome. And I suppose they, in television sense, they needed to have people of interest. So you had on this journey, you had a Jewish actress, there was a Muslim, there was an Irish Catholic, there was some sports guy, there was, and there was a, a man who was openly gay. So they all go off to Rome and they talk about the church all along the way. And they get to Rome and they're hoping to have an audience with the Pope in the, in the square, you know, the thousands of people. But they get word that they're going to have a private audience with Pope Francis. Are you all aware of Pope Francis? Yeah. So Pope Francis sits down. I think there were six of them all together. He sits down in a room with them. And he does what, what Pope Francis generally does. He listens to what they're saying. So the gay man, and I'm saying the gay man because I can't remember his name. He confronts the Pope. And he says to him, what about me? Where do I fit in? He says, I am a gay man. What about me? And the Pope said to him, he said, one of the sad things about life is we define ourselves by adjectives. We tag something onto ourselves. So we, we, we're gay or we're black or we're whatever, you know, one thing or another different tags we put onto ourselves. He said, the truth for every single person is that each one is created in the image and likeness of God. And that is without argument. That applies to every single person. So that is the identity. That that is the identity that all of us possess. That we are created in the image and likeness of God. And so that's, that's the founder of the Palatines, the community that I belong to. He, he emphasised that part of theology very, very much. There is a general thing in theology that says it's when you're baptised, you develop a special relationship with God. And you do. There is a, there is a special relationship that comes with baptism. But uh, the, the Bible and Vincent Pilate took this on the very beginning 
the very beginning of your existence is that you are the image of God. And nothing and nobody can take that from you. So it is very important in all of this journey that we can own that reality uh, and, and take to ourselves this reality. And it's hard enough to say, I can say it easily looking at all of you, and I can particularly say it when I'm baptising children. You can look at the face of a child and say, I see a unique expression of the face of God in this child. And there's no difficulty, and I've no difficulty with yourselves. What we find ourselves, we find it difficult to identify ourselves in that way. And one of the things that I ask people to do is to go home and look in the mirror and look at yourself and acknowledge to yourself, I am the image of God. And, and, and see that uh, without wanting to change your appearance as well, because that's one of the things we use, that the mirror is about. We look and we're not pleased with what we see, so we change it. But what God would be saying to us is, and I, I find this first thing in the morning is when I get out of bed all tossed and everything and I look in the mirror, that's when I'm reminded that you are the image of God. And, and so to, to own that sense that God has created you deliberately and absolutely uniquely, that's the other part of it that, that's so important, that nobody in history and nobody to come will ever reveal the face of God like you do. So, And that's not about pu putting on a performance. It's just your very identity is that. And we, we, you see it with children. Uh, you look at a child and you say, uh, she's the spitting image of her mother or something like that. It's something of the identity of the parent is in the child, but the identity of God is within each one of us as well. And so it is, it is important to take that into ourselves, to accept it and to believe it. Um, as I was saying earlier about the lessons, they're not that important. They, they have good information. But the, the real most important thing, and I think it's what's happened to you already, is the experience of being in the community, in the church. That's really where it's at. That's where the education takes place because it's during the celebration of the Eucharist when we're all there together, we absorb into ourselves something that cannot be put into words, something that cannot be really expressed in thought. But, but we, are, we are being fed at all sorts of levels by something uh, that, that is very, very rich and very profound. And Duncan and myself were at a talk a few weeks back, um, a Russian Orthodox bishop, Callistus, he's in his 80s now, he's an Englishman. He was, he was raised an Anglican, but he talks about, he walked into an Orthodox church one day and the Eucharist was being celebrated and he just said, he just felt that heaven was in that place. It was like that heaven and earth came together in that moment. And that's, he, that's how he became uh, a Russian Orthodox person. 
And so it is that that we come into a place, into an experience of a people praying and being together. And we, we understand that there is something here that we cannot actually fully express, but that touches uh, the hidden part of us uh, at a very deep level. So I think that's kind of enough. Um, yeah, I suppose there's one thing that I want to say as well. Uh, in For me as the parish priest, and I'm not standing at all on my dignity, because it's not, but when I became parish priest, I, I swore an oath to the bishop that I would teach what the Catholic Church teaches. So I am bound by that vow. And I have to be faithful to that because it's something I did before God. But what I do know as well is that, and I say this to, to parents when they come for baptism, when I ask people the, the six questions of the creed, do you reject Satan? Do you, you know, and do you believe? And I'm asking people to say I do, but I say to them, like we're all at different levels of understanding and different levels of faith. We say I do, not in an absolute way, but we say I do to the best of our ability. And we, we say I do to this way of life to the best of our ability. It's not that, that we can be absolutely, totally in conformity with all that's taught. Uh, but I, I just want you to know from me that when I teach, I have, to, I have to teach what the church asks me to teach because I'm not my own boss and I'm not my own servant, you know. But, but to, to remember that, and I, and I know with my own life, I've been, I've been a committed Christian since I was three years old. You know, it's always been deeply part of my life. And yet I know right up to, up to the present, I'm still growing, that, that there are aspects of my life that have not been able to conform to strict teaching until a certain point in my life. And it's like there is a moment of grace for all of us, that we're touched by grace and then we say, yes, I can, I can do this bit, I can live this bit. But I think not until the grace is given are we fully able to live certain aspects. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So just I wanted to say that, and um, there's a piece in Philippians chapter 3 that I want to finish with um, because St. Paul uh, talks about his journey and he compares it to running a race. Uh, that that the, the journey of faith is like running a race. Uh, and he talks about running for the prize for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He says, I do not reckon myself as having taken hold of it I can only say that forgetting all that lies behind me and straining forward to what lies in front, I am racing towards the finishing point to win the prize of God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So this is the way in which all of us who are mature should be thinking. And if you are still thinking differently in any way, then God has yet to make this matter clear to you. 
you know, so that it is God who makes things clear to us as we go forward. And he says, meanwhile, let us go forward from the point we have each attained.